Trainer. Yo, yo, this is Justin B. Bieber. Hey, it's Ariana Grande. Just the interviews. A Zach Sang Show exclusive podcast. Hello, beautiful human. Uh, we are hanging out with Hoodie Allen, who yep, yep. officially made me the person I know I was meant to be. Which is? A fanny pack guy. Yep. Hoodie Allen, thank you so much. Of course, man. Hey. Whatever. Whatever. Happy to be here. You got a brand new album out. We got a lot to dive into. It's out, right? Because we're living in the future tense of the present. We are going to oh, be living in the future it's tense. It's Friday. I love it. Amazing. It is Friday. It it's is, Friday right now. Yeah, it's Friday. Oh, my God. <laughs> it is release day. Put your head in that that mindset. Okay, I'm here. Your album is out. How long have you been working on it? Too long, I think. Really? Yeah. I. Uh, this was definitely one of those ones where you go and make something, and you make, you're, like, you're like, oh, I made the album, and then you're like, but did I? And then you delete a whole bunch of songs and then you go and figure it out for real. So I think it took me a little bit longer than I would have usually done for a whole album process. Was it always titled Whatever USA? No, that was that was a thing. It, it didn't have a concept or a real view at that uh, that whole first section of time. So kind of finding that theme was what accelerated it afterwards. What record did you create that made that theme apparent to you? Um, wow, great question. I think it, I, I get I, the title track, really. That kind of concept came to me, and then I was like, oh, actually, I've figured out the world that I want to do here. But it was, it was coming from making the song Whatever USA, which is the, the first track on it. So, what is this world that you were looking to create? Because it, based off the title track, it sounds like a collection of many different worlds, but what, what is it like? What was your goal? Well, I think, uh, the, the biggest like takeaway from like whatever USA in terms of a idea for me was kind of reflecting on where I came from, which is like kind of a small town in New York. Plainview. Yeah, yeah. Well, Old Bethpage technically, but same same cool. thing. They get mixed up. Um, but <laughs> you but, got you got very passionate about Plainview that. Plainview, Old Bethpage, they 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 fight each other. It's like a lot of inside rivalry. But yeah, Long <laughs> Long Island essentially, Long Island, um, and. It was kind of that feeling like I knew I wanted to make something that was summertime. And I just remembered all these summers that I had where you feel like you have all this freedom to do anything in the entire world. And you have all those like summer love, all these great feelings. But then you also look and you're kind of trapped in this very small bubble. So it's like that juxtaposition between being nowhere and everywhere at the same time. And I think I've learned and met a lot of people like that from going on tour and going to places like Omaha Shout out to Omaha. And and just realizing, oh, wow, there's so many of this, like, small town, three hours away from the airport. Like, what yeah. are we doing? Showing up to the show. And uh, it was just, that was kind of, like, the original inspiration for it. So it's the understanding that there's a ton of different communities out there. Your bubble expands. It's all of America. It's kind yeah. of seeing how music connects everybody. Yeah, totally. I think, I think those are the sort of, like, fans also that I love the most where – the ones who like are so not jaded about anything. Cause like a concert's like a huge deal. Like, you know, I live in New York city now, you guys are in LA and sometimes it's hard to capture that, that feeling. Cause it's like, Oh, you want to go to this tonight? Yeah. All right. Sure. Whatever. But when you go to, you go to freaking dude, anywhere, Columbia, Missouri, Kansas, city, when you go to Birmingham. Columbia, Missouri, it's like, yes. Yeah. This is our night. And everybody goes cause it's the biggest deal because hundred percent it's what everybody's been looking forward to. It, it's not taken for granted. Here it is. Because it is. It's like so woven in. I'm, I'm just thinking back to this weekend. I ditched two concerts. Like such a piece of shit. 
What a flake. Who'd you ditch? <laughs> yeah, who did you ditch? I Shout am out. not doing let's, that. Let's think. Let's, yeah, who, I, know who one, here? I know one of them. <laughs> um, in LA? We, we got a lot to cover here. Okay, oh. that's fine. We got a we'll, lot. We'll, we'll talk, we'll, we'll talk <laughs> trash uh, afterwards. <laughs> yeah, later, yeah. later, later. Don't give anyone else shine. This is my interview. <laughs> Come on. How, how dare we name drop any other mother <laughs> This is not happening. <laughs> this... Th- this 40 minutes to an hour belongs to you. Okay, I'll be here as long as you want me. Your most successful project, would you say it was the EP that you put out in 2012? I would say that's the thing that like, allowed me to move out of my like, parents' house. And, in, and it was the first time I ever like, charted on iTunes. Number one, by the way. <laughs> um, All-American. All-American. So yeah, I, I, to me that, that is kind of like a seminal moment for me. Is it yeah. a coincidence that this EP and that project both Bear. shout out America? No, it's it, it's uh, very intentional. I think I came into this project uh, with that in mind in format. Like I wanted to make it a sort of similar length. I wanted it to be sort of coming from a similar uh, mindset. And yeah, there's there's definitely reason. It's it's kind of like not the apocalyptic version of All American, but just like a, a grown up. I'm obviously not the same person I was at like 22 when I made it. So, but you know, I think there's a lot of same qualities about me that exist. Like, if you're a fan of All American, my hope is that you'd be a fan of this project as well. Is what was the hardest part about making this album? Why did it take so long? Was it the fact that you were kind of trying to achieve this extension? Of your first major EP? I think the I think the biggest thing was at first I wasn't like I, I found myself making songs that I never do, which is like almost like riding a trend. Like, oh, we should make something that sounds like this. And I never have ever done that. So it took me a minute to kind of find the honesty in it. And like I think if you listen to this record, a lot of it feels like a breakup record. I was gonna ask yeah, about which that. which I, I still I still am with my girlfriend currently, but there's definitely been like tumultuous experiences over the course of like let's say the last couple months that inspired a lot of the records. And I think that did create a lot of um the themes that are in place in here and also made it really like honest and real because I was writing from like things that I was going through. Well you have songs like you should let me know. Mm-hmm. Giving up on us, come around. I yeah. don't know why they're. All, I, it felt like you went through a breakup this entire yeah. time. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, in in yeah. a, in a lot of ways, I did, um, and w- and was writing from from going through that and like living it. It was like cathartic. Like that's the right word, right? Cathartic. Mm-hmm. Maybe we we can use it. We could Google that <laughs> and see if it's real. Yeah, I, I I wanted to write very in that moment and very in that now of how I was feeling. And but what were you breaking up with? Or what were you? Oh, it was like a. What was in the moment? Oh, but oh. Yeah, like my actual. But you guys are together now. Yeah. When did you actually break up? Oh man, um, I I haven't marked it in my calendar. Uh, <laughs> it was too painful to write it down. But no, it, it it's been like a an on and off sort of thing and a distance thing and all those right. things for the let's say early part of this year to middle part of this year yeah okay so you're writing these records while it's happening totally yeah which i don't think that's really i've had the opportunity to do that that many times i feel like a lot of times you're writing and you're reflecting back yeah and this was definitely one of those situations where i was like oh i need to write now like i this will make me be able to process what i'm feeling and going through it and 
Yeah. You, you said you scrapped an album or scrapped a ton of songs before you got to what we hear yeah. today. How'd you know that those songs had to go? What didn't feel right? I don't know, right? I, I feel like as artists, you you always make so much stuff. And if you ever preview it for anyone on Instagram, they'll tell you that those eight seconds were the best that they've ever heard in their life. So that's misleading. But for me, I found myself not wanting to listen to them. And like, that's the biggest barometer. Like, if I don't want to listen to it before it's even come out, and I'm not like excited to like replay it because I yeah. just left the studio and I want to hear it, then how can I ever go forward sharing it with people and promoting it? Like if I don't fully, fully love it, if there's anything wrong. So that's really been my barometer test. Is that something that you learn over time? Because this has been a journey for you for quite some time. Yeah, I think you learn that over time. And also it's the difference between, I think a lot of music nowadays, um, which is a good thing, kids will make it. And it's like, all right, drop that shit immediately. Yeah. But I think like some things can sound amazing in the moment and you might fall out of love with them a little bit over time. So I've been maybe a little bit more deliberate to sit with things and say like, is this something that you're going to not enjoy just now, but enjoy like three years from now and feel like you're creating a body of work that like people might revisit very fondly and not just forget about. I get that because that's the goal, right? You want somebody to be able to listen to your stuff forever. Yeah. And like with that All American project, like people still yeah. bump the crap out of it. So I feel like creating something like that is how you like sustain a long time fan base versus try to maybe follow the trend of like what you think might pop off on Spotify right now. Zach Sang Show. Hey, beautiful human, real quick. If you're considering going back to school, you should ask yourself the following questions Do you need the flexibility to take classes on your schedule? Do you have college credits that you need transferred? Do you want to earn a quality degree from a world-renowned university? If you answered yes to any of these questions, Arizona State University could be the perfect school for you. Arizona State University offers 200 highly ranked degree programs, 100% online. You're going to earn the same degree as you would on campus from wherever you are on your schedule. Plus, ASU Online accepts most transfer credits. If you want more information, text my name. Zach to 35517. That is Zach to 35517. So you can learn for yourself why the Wall Street Journal ranks ASU fifth in the nation for producing the best qualified graduates and why 87% of ASU grads are recruited within, 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 within 90 days of graduation. That's a big number. 87% of the graduates, they get a job in 90 days. Learn to grow, learn to succeed. And learn to thrive at Arizona State University. To learn more about ASU online degrees, text Zach to 35517. That is Z-A-C-H to 35517. <sighs> Knowledge is power. Zach Sang Show. How do you believe that frat rap, which is the term that Ricky and I were using, just she brought it up about like, Oh my gosh! Are you, no, go are you offended by that? Number one? No, I'm I'm not offended by anything, but <laughs> but like I but I have opinions on like it as a moment in time. I think. Well, I want to yeah. know how you think it's connected to SoundCloud rap, right? Ooh, because or mumble rap. I think it. I think uh, they. The similarity is that they both were like sweeping moments where um, there's a lot of good stuff that come from came from it and also a lot of probably less than good stuff that got maybe more attention than it normally would have if it wasn't trendy or a wave of stuff. I get that. Yeah. 
like I I didn't grow up like I grew up listening to like super underground like backpacky internet sort of hip hop stuff you know so like my inspiration like I don't view myself as like a uh, a super fratty person but at the same time I also grew up loving like Blink-182 and a lot of pop punk so I think I there's a the mix the, of that you know I hear that in everything that you do yeah I hear that pop punk very east coast vibe I mean Long Island so Take you it know Taking Back Sunday Taking Back Sunday MV on the coast there you go Bayside, a lot of a lot of bands yeah but are you in, are you at the end of the day do you not like that title of frat rap because it did People will look back and title that era something. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of, there's a few people under that umbrella. Well, it's like Asher Roth, Chitty Bang. Yeah. Totally. Sammy Adams. For sure. Mike Posner? No. Uh, a little bit. I think, I think. Drug dealer girl is my that, Oh my God. The the Mike Posner errors of, of mixtape, like when I was uh, in college, oh, he was absolutely crushing it. I just remember looking at everything he was doing and being like, how is he, like, He's so smart. Genius. Like, he's just, he, he crushed it. It was amazing. If you've never heard the song Drug Dealer Girl, yeah. listen to it. Or the original Cooler Than Me that had Big Sean on it. Oh, uh, oh. Uh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you have to be like our age to know exactly what you're Dude. talking about here. Yeah. Dive on in. Yeah. Um, I would say just like any sort of like subgenre, if you actually listen closely to the people, I feel like every artist is going to sort of have their own unique sound and perspective, but it's super easy to like classify people by like looks like in the same way that, like if anyone had like a face tattoo right now you might assume like what their song sound like and even i do that too uh. and then or like it was like the other day uh if you guys heard ybn corday mm-hmm. yeah so i hadn't listened to his music at all because i assumed that he just would sound like ynw melly or nba young boy just because of like the literal name being three yep. letters and then and i listened to his music <laughs> i was like holy <laughs> this is like early Kendrick, like, super yeah. bars. So I just feel like it's super easy to categorize people nowadays without totally knowing. So I try to stay away from that in, like, my own personal judgments. We stereotype. It's yeah. weird. It's not proper. No, but, like... It shouldn't be done in any aspect of life. As long as people are checking you out, then they can make that decision for themselves, right? Amen. At the end of the day. Are so. a lot of those guys from what we were talking about, are they still going, or are you, like, the only one... It's still putting music out because like I haven't heard anything from Asher Roth. Chitty Bang's not around anymore. Sammy I mean, Adams, like I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely friends with some of those guys. Um, and people are sort of some people are rebranding and some people are maybe have transitioned a little bit more out of music. Um, I think that I have done a couple of things differently that has let. Well, I, th- I mean, I think I I make good stuff, so that's probably hopefully why I've I've been able to you know, sustain a, a fan base how I have. But I definitely approach things a little bit differently in every way of my music. I mean, I think, you know, like I manage myself and like yeah. do everything independently, which is kind of crazy it's in wild. a sense. Yeah, which like not a lot of people, I think that's informed a lot of like my music decisions also. Yeah, because you're a part of every little thing. There's yeah. not... there. When you're signed to a label or you work with a team, there's some things that may never hit your eyeballs. Sure. But everything, literally everything that comes down to your music, yeah. you're a part of. I'm I'm surprised sometimes when I, like, talk with friends of mine who are signed. I get, like, not worried for them, but I just want to make sure that they know that they need to, like, be in control and be aware of their stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they only get one career. As I always tell, like, young artists, like, you only get one career, this label or this manager if it doesn't work out 
with you for them, they'll find Somebody another else. situation. They'll be okay. They've got like a, a, a an idea of their like infrastructure, but like you need to protect yourself too. So I get scared when I feel like artists are unaware of like their their. Do you do you ever feel like there's pressure not having a team? I feel yeah. I mean, I feel a lot of pressure, but that's a compromise that I've been like willing to take. But I think like I'll give this like I never do any PR or press. Like this is like this this is such like an like thank you guys for having me because this yeah. is such an awesome thing to get to do before an album. And I think normally I'm like freaking out before an album because I'm like, uh, is Rolling Stone gonna post about it? And like I don't even know if that matters anymore. But you know what I mean? Like you get in your head about things that you see other people getting or you think you should get. You're like, how do I get on the genius that you know, yeah, yeah. you're like all those sort of stuff. Yeah, it's a constant comparing game because when you yeah. have the internet at your fingertips, you see what everybody else is doing. But but how do you measure success today? I think is it through the genius thing? No, I th- I mean I think it is what it always has been, which is like, do people are people like listening to your stuff? Are people coming to your shows and supporting you in the ways that like people support people in 2019? So I'm I like feel very fortunate because I know I'm not going to go get like playlisted on spotify like it's just unrealistic for some of those things to happen but why? But, i mean because that's the game you know like it's it's just connected to it's not impossible there are tons they've obviously champion independent artists and like i'm super thankful for for like spotify in general but like we all know kind of how it goes it's like easier yeah. for some than others and you like that's support what it is. and leverage yeah. and but that's but that's like that's all good because at the end of the day all those things can be fleeting. Yeah. And if you are only going to get plays because you're on today's top hits, and then if you're not on today's top hits, you have no plays, that's also uh, sort of a scary boost to get. So I think at the end of the day, it's really about like building every real fan who likes you one by one. That is a beautiful way to put it. Yeah. I've talked to a lot of artists who get that today's top hit placement and then it goes away. And it's this whole emotional roller coaster yeah. that a human being is on that they've never been on before. Because you go from having all these plays to nothing, and how do you follow it up? Yeah, being too successful too quickly is like almost a dangerous thing. It's crazy. Truth. Have you met with any record labels over the years? Yeah. Weren't you? Did you sign to Atlantic? I had a song with Ed Sheeran. Yes. And all about it. it. All about it. That was in 2014. So in order to get that song. To be released, you signed. Well, I I did a I did a one off for that song, Got yeah, it. which was really cool actually. We could talk about that experience, but you learn I, a lot. What's that? Do you learn a lot? I learned a ton, yeah. And that was the first time I got to do so many like like MTV stuff and all these other things that wouldn't have happened without that song and and without their their like marketing team. How does that record begin? Um, well, I've been friends with Ed for like. Ever. I was going to say before he was popping, but that's such a lie because he's always been popping. But I saw him at uh, at Irving Plaza in New York. Like that was the Long venue. Long time he, ago. Yeah, that was the venue Whoa. he was playing. And um, so I was I was able to go backstage and meet him. And I figured, okay, like New York show, there's going to be like 100 people and like all these things backstage. Like maybe I'll say hi quickly. And it was like just me. <laughs> and it, he was so cool. We hung out and then like we just hit it off and became like, friends so that record came from like years down the line after we started becoming friends and i like never 
obviously I would love to work with him, but like I never brought up the idea of that. That was sort of him one night saying, hey, we should make a song. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I will. Yeah, whatever you want. Tell me when now. <laughs> but I really thought that I could, like that um, project that it was on, I had finished that whole album was done. And I thought, oh, I can, I can just like get this cleared, right? Is that something that was possible? So it went towards like the process of trying to clear it. And that's when I found out like, oh no, we're, we're not clearing this this record for you. So I was like, oh no, the song is dead. Like it's never going to come out. It's over. And then it somehow landed on Craig Kalman, who's the, the chairman, of CEO, uh, chairman of Atlantic's desk. And he was like, I really like this. <laughs> so then it, it became something that could that could live again, which is cool. So do you learn from that experience that you never want to sign to a label again? <laughs> no, I don't I don't think it's that. I just think because um, there were tons of good stuff. Like that was the first time I had a song on the radio. And like you learn so much doing like that process. Like it's really cool. But you do begin to understand that like things happen in timelines that are out of your control. So if you're a control freak, which maybe I am, um, <laughs> it becomes harder to like have to listen and be like, you don't know what's right here. Take some advice. Uh, yeah. It's not you. <laughs> no, you got to collaborate with everybody. And you got to be respectful. Yeah. And I, but like, I think it's a, also a great learning experience as someone who basically has like run my own business or job since I was like right out of college. I didn't get an opportunity to, to ever really work for another person for a long time, like in a traditional way. So maybe I'm just like jaded in that sense. Is it hard to negotiate for yourself? Yes. That's the <laughs> hardest part of, of not having management or like the awkward situations of, of that sort of thing. Money. Of money. Because people don't like to talk about money. Artists. Oh, yeah. And you have to figure out like splits too yeah. on your own. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I, Ooh. This, this might all be like super inside baseball for people, but... Um, if you're but in a yeah. studio with somebody and you work with somebody on a song, you, you eventually got to figure out who did what and how much weight did everybody pull yeah and that's how you figure out how to divide money yeah but usually you have a team to do that usually there <laughs> but are people, you got hoodie allen calling you up yeah usually there are people in place who are like oh yeah let, let's just tell, let the managers handle it which is yeah so instead i'm like yeah we'll let the managers handle it and then they call I, you then i call the manager <laughs> 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 and then we talk about it and it uh <laughs> it's it's fun it's a good time i'm sure you keep a lot of friends Sometimes, yeah. No, you know, it, it can com, business is complicated. It, yes. it's, it's funny how you you realize how um, how insulated you are. Like, if you don't have to do that stuff, you're like, oh wow, this is nice. But now I'm sort of used to doing that side of stuff. So I feel like I've learned a lot. Whatever USA, um, do you really snap your fingers and women appear? It, it's true. It's actually a <laughs> do bur- it right now. It, <laughs> Pan camera. No. Um, no, that's just, come on. I can't have like a braggadocious rap line. No, you're, you're totally okay. entitled to it. Okay, I appreciate it. Thanks. Like, let me flex on the people a little bit. I don't have to do it all that often. There's a lot of there's yeah. a lot of moments in that one record where you flex, right? I mean, That's what, a title track, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah whatever do I know you my own, I wrote my own lyrics. Yeah. yeah. Um, tell them the hoes, they don't matter. Tell them hoes, they don't matter. I didn't say hose. Probably said hose. <laughs> but I'm sure contextually it was like a nice hose. No, totally. Yeah. Totally the best type of hose. Last record, or, or like I think a year and a half ago, I tweeted something like, I'm not going to say the word, the B word. Yeah. I'm not going to say that uh, in general in music because I was like, I was like 
supporting. Yeah. Not being a piece of Good. But I think I definitely do on, on this album <laughs> okay. at least once or twice. <laughs> Thanks for the heads up. I guess yeah. it makes it a lot, lot easier. So, sorry sorry to my, my female fans, but they also like it. Because girls actually kind of like it sometimes when you say that on records do you think i know i don't know i I feel like you're looking you're looking i was looking at you yeah for reassurance does your girlfriend like it yeah i i I think she probably does a little bit but just because it's kind of like a little inappropriate so it's like oh (laughs) it catches you yeah like oh kind of like that your girlfriend she, she you're dating that victoria's secret model aren't you um, she she did do Victoria's Secret, yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Who are you? Um, just a small Jewish man from Long Island, New York. <laughs> yeah, how'd you do that? <laughs> what? I don't know, man. I have no idea. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah, but but um, she's awesome, and also inspired a lot of the pain on the album. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but no no she's she's great and um, and yeah I think what I've learned from from dating someone who's like successful like in in like real modeling is that they're all like super normal like her and her friends that are mostly models are all super normal and not boring i don't say boring but they're like super like very chill individuals but my outside perspective at like 19 would have been like you can't talk to these girls they're unapproachable but they're they like are nerds wow how do you guys meet um the internet Oh, you slid in the DMs, didn't you? Yeah. Wow. How long have you been dating? Three and a half years. Wow. It's a long time. Yeah. That's a nice it's journey. It's a long time. Yeah. I find myself to always fall into like long-term relationships because I'm so awesome. <laughs> Come around. <laughs> that people don't want to let me go. Oh, uh, yeah. Go on. <laughs> that record has to be related to your relationship, yeah? Uh, that one, honestly, was... Well, that was a little bit more collaborative because I did it with Christian French. Mm-hmm. So we we kind of were talking about things that were going on in, in both of our lives. So that was less specifically about my relationship and more um, about being in that situation in the past where you have a girl and or have a whatever partner you have and, and just like they keep trying to work their way back in. And you're like, hey, stop. Do better. Like that Michael, Michael Jordan. What's the Michael Jordan name? He's like, hey, stop it. So that's what that's what that song is essentially. So you're talking to all the people who creep their way back into your life after you've ended things. Yeah, I mean, but I think even I'm probably guilty of that too. I think we all can be at sometimes when oh, yeah. you know, you kind of don't want something to end and but you know it's kind of your fault or you're you're acting less than it's like something that would occur when you're less mature than we are now. We're super mature <laughs> now. Yeah. You've but, grown yeah. from this. Oh, definitely, for sure. So I, 60 seconds, is that about how long you last in bed? Um, it's about <laughs> twice as long as I last. Yeah. I wanted to write the song 30 seconds, but then Johnny and Kyle were on it and we added our times together. And it was like, if, if Johnny and Kyle are on it, but they're one person together and I'm on it, then it's 60 seconds. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. You should be proud of that. I mean. I know why you're dating a Victoria's Secret model. She doesn't have a lot of time. So like. <laughs> She's a busy lady. We got to get things going. You know, we're going to sit around and. Love Take 20 each other. minutes. You don't have time for that. 20 minutes. <laughs> Listen, I don't. You watch a whole episode of Queer Eye in 20 minutes. <laughs> That's a good show. Yeah. I'd rather do that. <laughs> don't have sex. I don't know what it's like. Are you married yet? <laughs> out of here. Are you planning right. on getting married? Um, I hope so. Hmm. One put, day. Yeah. Put it out there. Manifest it? Yeah. I'd like to get married. If you want to marry me, let me know. <laughs> 
What were you about to ask? Well, so you've been dating for a while, but it seems like whatever USA, the title track, is about how you have girls at every college. It's true. Is so, that true? Well, no, no, no. I, I mean, like, that part is obviously, like, me being braggadocious okay. rap, rap person. I would never, like, cheat on a girl. But um, that song was very inspired by sort of, and I think you can hear it, like, musically. Um, there's this Kanye West Slum Village song. I'm literally blanking on the title now. Is it? I think it's Slum Village, Kanye West. And uh, and John Legend on the hook, uh, song selfish. He's like, oh. I'm calling, baby, I'm selfish. And like in in that whole uh, verse, he's like, to my thick chicks down in Texas. And they go through all these cities. And when I was thinking about whatever USA, I thought, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I sort of take that approach, but make it kind of college campusy? Because those are the cities that I think about. Also, when I think about flying into an airport, driving three and a half hours to get somewhere to play a <laughs> show, and you're literally in the middle of nowhere, like you are in whatever usa but then i had to make it about sex because you know sex sells sex sells rap life yeah <laughs> rap. Rap, rapper life basically do you li- i feel like you don't live a rapper life oh i think i i do <laughs> <laughs> yeah convince me um what do rappers do uh i don't i don't know love their fans yes. put out music play shows do you drink Hennessy? No. Sometimes I drink Fireball. <laughs> That's cute. Fireball is definitely more of a, a go-to. You, you know, I think I've just had too many rough nights with Fireball. Really? That's how I feel about tequila. Saying I can't do tequila either. I went to Mexico when I was uh, in college, like spring break experience. But I wasn't like, no, I was uh, drinking at the time. I, I just I just think of tequila. I think of tequila poppers and like, <sighs> like physically shaking because you haven't had food, but People keep taking you. To, you've you've been to you've been to uh, Acapulco. I see. No, but something similar to that. Yeah, <laughs> where you're just like, please make it. Why are we? Why is there another day party that we have to go to? I don't want to. And then yeah, so I can't. I just can't drink tequila from that. You should war drink story. White Claw. You should be the rapper that makes that cool. Dude, I just had White Claw for the first time in it's my amazing. entire life. I did a, a YouTube video um, with, I guess well, it isn't out yet, but. Um, with my buddy Dami D and JC Kalen. I don't know if you know either of those guys. I feel I feel like I know Dami D. Yeah, do you? Yeah, from Instagram. He has an Instagram, I believe, yes. Okay, I'll keep going. Um, they made me drink White Claw for a video. How'd you like it? I don't like seltzer, which is a big problem to the yeah to the White Claw experience, but I actually enjoy I had mango flavor. Shout out mango. And Whoa. if White Claw, you want to give me money for any reason, I love your product, <laughs> especially mango. Th- then he loves seltzer. And seltzer... Sell me more. No, go on. I got nothing for it. I don't know why. You shout out a lot of people in that. Zendaya gets a shout out. ASU gets a shout out. That's true. Bonnaroo gets a shout out, but you've never played Bonnaroo. Mani- manifesting. That's what... That, yeah. That's literally written Is that you, right? Yeah. I literally... Well, that's, that's what I was thinking. Oh, if I... That, that's the same way. I have a feeling, or I don't have a feeling, but there's a lot of colleges that get shouted out in this, and I thought, man, wouldn't it be great if I get to play shows at these colleges once they realize that I've shouted them out in this song? <laughs> So Marketing. I get it. I get- <laughs> also, I do shout out Zendaya on the track, and I'd like yeah. to think that that was a pretty good call because Euphoria didn't exist yet, and now. Oh what? So you I saw mean, Disney yeah. Channel or Spider Man? I mean, she's obviously popping. I don't know why I was assuming that <laughs> that she only had twenty five million followers at the time. Peasant, but no. Um, <laughs> but I feel like she's super popping now, and everyone loves that show. So I don't know why you're just asking questions about what, why not you, right? Oh, and I don't know why. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's a, it's 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 a little introspective. It's a little uh, sad boy, but that's actually my girlfriend's favorite song on the record. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I think I think she I think it's uh, musically her favorite. She just loves um, those type of beats like that are kind of R and B chipmunk sample type sounds. Like that's her favorite stuff. And and then it's like uh, it's just like a, a catchy tune. Was it hard playing your album for her? Uh it never usually would be, but it kind of was. Yeah, a little bit. Why? Just because she can now listen to some of the songs and be like, "This is about me. I hate this song," but like, not really hate this song. But you know what I mean? Like, no, no, but she from like, oh, I hate this. Great, you know that sort of moment. She can't look at it from not being in the middle of it. Well, she's on my last album cover, so she's always been like in the middle of it in some ways. Um, but yeah, I think at the end of the day. It's like my job to to make something that feels real to me. And then I have a feeling that a lot of people are going to potentially relate to it in a way that they haven't in the past because it's like, oh, wow, like this is how you feel. I feel this way, too. Not in like a hashtag relatable way, but, you know, no. just like in a in, in just like, a, oh, a real sense. Like, oh, it's it hits me in the feels. Dude, give up on us featuring Spencer Sutherland. You know, Spencer, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Great record. He's he's amazing. He's so sick. How does that song begin? And was it who wrote on it? It was me, Spencer, and uh, Keaton Schomburg who produced it. Cool. Who uh, of Emblem Three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, he, him and uh, Spencer work a lot together. So we just went to Keaton's house, and that idea just came together from scratch in like two hours, basically. So you're putting together all your own sessions. You're doing everything. Yeah, yeah, and but it's also mostly with like friends for the most part, and people that I know in the past. Like, I worked with uh, Andrew Goldstein on Hell of a Time, and I I worked with him before on, like, Surprise Party and a couple other records. So sometimes it's easy when it's, like, already your buddy. You can just text them and be like, hey, uh, can I, I'm coming to L.A. in two weeks. Can I work with you? And then... Do you go into sessions with ideas? Um, honestly, for this record, I really just let it happen. I, I find that to be a better writing process nowadays anyway obviously you're going to have ideas because you live life and like those are the things yeah. that inspire it in the moment but i'm i'm never a guy who's like i wrote down this word <laughs> balloons i'm trying to work it into a record no no disrespect to anyone who like does that as a, a jumping off point but it's never been like uh helpful for me i like to just like kind of freestyle melodies and words and ideas do you ever regret leaving google no ever no because this is such, this is this is uh, I I worked at Google for like six or seven months or not no nine, nine months like basically a year, but this was always what I like wanted to do. I didn't think it was possible. I didn't think it was like an achievable thing that you're allowed to think about. But then when I got that little like the door opened, the, it creaked open like just a little bit. We were like, oh, oh, they're gonna they're gonna let me in if I if I squeeze my way in. I was like, I gotta you know, take advantage of that and go full into music. You were working crazy schedules back then, right? Like yeah. I, I read online, like it was like long days. Have you worked, yeah. have you worked that hard since that long of a day since? Ooh, absolutely. Yes. But uh, there is something about like the, before you made it, made it sort of hustle that exists, okay. which is like, I think that's probably why a lot of people, if, if they lose themselves, it's because it's hard to channel that, that emotion because like the idea that you have when you have nothing and you're just doing it because you gotta do it because you feel like it's what you need to do to survive 
like that's definitely where I was at because I'd work that job. I'd go home and write for five hours or mm. go to this. I found a studio in San Francisco on freaking Craigslist and it was like, okay, I guess I'm going here and hoping not to get stabbed, like make make these songs. And then, I don't know. It was it was definitely a time though. I understand that very, very deeply. Yeah. Be- I mean, you st- that you did the same shit. Yeah, like I remember going to school. I'd wake up at six fifteen. I'd go to school, be there by seven, be there until two thirty. Then I'd go to the radio studio, be there at three, and then I'd be in the radio studio till eleven thirty midnight, and then I'd go and do it all over again. But it was like, I feel like I worked my hardest then. Do you? Do you? I don't know. I feel like I've worked hard since. I. It's like do you this look m- back at those times fondly though. Yeah, I like, loved. I hate. I hated school. Nobody you liked hate me now. In school. Like now is awful. Obviously. Oh no, I love. Now. <laughs> I live a great life. I get to yeah. come here and have fun. Of Talk course, to people like you I have a great life. But um, I don't know. There was just something different. It was just something. It was the fact that it was like totally up to you. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and it was just this rush of getting through the day. I understand. Like, I feel you. I think the biggest thing that changes is that the goalposts move. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like you. You get if you have some sort of breakthrough or success, the expectations for yourself and the expectations that you think others have for you influences. It can influence even your happiness and your approach towards things. So like you're like, oh, I gotta, I gotta work harder to keep building. Or if I don't get this as a benchmark, then I haven't made it. And it, you never have that feeling when when you're in the double grind mode. You're not thinking about no. other people. You're just thinking about oh, this is how I want to spend my time. So it's funny how like success can breed almost like this pressure that you didn't even know that you were ever going to feel in the first place. I get that. Yeah. And you look back on your journey so far, you have this new album coming out, ups and downs and a ton of Americoustic. I mean, that was a, it was a cool project. Yeah. Nobody really did that. You know, did an acoustic project? Yeah, people did it afterwards. People did acoustic projects, but I don't remember a rapper doing acoustic projects. No, no. You know, like yeah, that honestly wasn't even my idea originally. So I'll I'll shout out my my tour manager at the time, Kern Blevins, who came from the Warp Tour world and was like, "Yeah, you should do this. I think this is like an interesting idea. Go and work." So I I made that with um with uh, a guy from the band R last night. If you're familiar with them at all, Um, my sister probably is. Yeah, maybe. but yeah, it was just like a project that we made in four days, like trying to recreate what these songs were. People still ask me to do like more acoustic uh, renditions, yeah, I would but, say. Yeah, but you have a whole thing. You won't, <laughs> you'll do somebody's song or then you have to race them. You, oh, you oh, like this, to race people? Oh, this thing on, on Twitter? Yeah, you physically race people? I've never done this before. This is just me f***ing around in life. Okay. So I, I, I just said... Um, People started to ask me things like, oh, can you play this song on tour? Like, and they're picking a super obscure song, which I, w- I love and I'd love to play. But it's not fun to play a super obscure song if nobody knows it. Exactly. So I said, okay, let's make it fair. Like, race me. <laughs> 100 meter dash. You beat me. You'll play it. I'll play the song. So when are they racing you? I, I don't know yet. Are you, you know, confident in your ability to run fast? I am. I think I'm the fastest man in the world. That's why I read that too. <laughs> well, I, w- I think Dan would love to race you. Are you fast? Do you run track in high school? I didn't, but I'll race you. What? What? Uh, I mean, I only brought jeans, <laughs> oh, so I would all totally do it. Otherwise, I'm ready to but, go. 
Yeah, you were ready to go. Yeah. What what did you run? What were your what were not, your... I didn't run track. You didn't run track no. in high school. Well, all right. You did? I just feel like I, did. I can run still. Yeah. We got these old like 30-year-old legs here, but we can run. Yeah, I mean, it's also like a personal challenge. Like if I ha- if I'm forced to race every day, like <laughs> I definitely don't want to be losing to people. I'm very competitive in that way. So, <laughs> it's definitely motivation to stay on the grind. Plus um like Jake Miller is coming with me on oh. tour. He's got a six-pack, so I got to stay racing yeah. and like doing <laughs> You know? He's gorgeous. Yeah, it's he, like that's that's not fair. So totally I think I'm gonna race fans every day. You know, he's like a, like a specimen that they made in a lab. Yeah, it's like hard to wrap my mind around a human being actually existing. Who does that? Like that? I feel you. It's weird. It's a lot. Of, that's the actually that's the biggest pressure I feel right now is being next to him. Yeah, no, not really. <laughs> I'm just oh, teasing. I, but but like I wouldn't show it has, up. It has been motivation to 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 be like I'm gonna get in the best shape ever, yeah, but, so I don't look like a piece. of to him doesn't it give you confidence <laughs> that you still have this beautiful girlfriend even though you don't look like jake miller i don't what are you trying to say i think you do thanks man <laughs> oh i'm saying you new, de- f- new favorite co-host over here <laughs> i'm saying you definitely don't look like jake miller all right fine dude whatever um yeah no of you course. got other stuff I, going I, on i you, think you i think one's confidence doesn't come from just one thing yeah but yeah totally i mean being in a, a relationship and feeling loved in general i think that's a good a good confidence booster. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, because you know that somebody else out there loves you. Yeah, and you're like, I don't know why. But they do. No pun intended to my own track lyric. But um oh. but yeah. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, it was I wasn't even trying. You're that such, just happened. You're such a marketer. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> when you write you do have a lot of like metaphors and puns and like wordplay. Yeah. This is not a question. I just hope you respond. Like, is that something you go for? I guess that was a question. I think I think it nat I think it naturally occurs like I find myself sometimes referencing uh, referencing really obscure things in pop culture. The Lincoln Park line, that's a good one. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, thank you. I And I, I think I write that way just because I love so much of that sort of stuff, like pop culture things. It's not like an attempt to create a puzzle for fans to even figure out, although sometimes it's cool when, when they do. It's just like writing, putting that stuff in is kind of like putting more of myself into the music, I think. What song from this album should we listen to to best understand you and get to know you? Damn, I don't even know. Well, I'm not sure. You wrote them. No, I know, but it, but it, it's How it's about a hometown kid. Yeah, hometown kids uh, is a great. That's the last. That's the last song that I made for the album. It's a good record. Thanks, man. Are you talking about yourself? Yeah. Have you yeah. Ma- do you feel like you've made it? I do, but I think that the that song is sort of about how other people especially people perceive. who you grew up with perceive you and how your brain can be completely dissonant from that and you can feel a completely different way even though when you come home, people are so ready to ask you about like, you're doing so great, this is so amazing. And But you could be at a point where you're like, really? Because I'm anxious as, about this and I feel terrible about myself. So I think that's something that you don't have to be an artist or a musician to feel that way. It could be your aunt being like, asking you about school even you know it's just like we judge ourselves harsher than the other people around us how do you want people in your hometown to perceive you or to see you as the man <laughs> is um it? no in my in my specific hometown it is really weird to to get recognized i feel like i live a pretty like a pretty uninterrupted life like i spend most of my time like i live in new york city and i spend like most of my time like outside headphones and walking around and stuff and 
you know, like I'll pe- people will say hi and what up, but like not like in an in, not like in a way where like you know not Zac Papar- Efron. You know what I mean? So it's like you know paparazzi stalking. No paparazzi. Yeah, I feel like I get to live uh, a pretty normal life, but at the same time, I get to do what I love. But if I'm if I'm in like my hometown, hometown. Yeah, like uh, the people you grew up with. The yeah. people who are asking you about the things that actually make you anxious. Um, I I probably get treated a little bit differently in those situations. And I think that's normal because you have the most like interesting job of your friends yeah. or of the people you know. So it's just you, you uh, people ask you more questions and sometimes I'll almost feel like, um, oh, I don't, I don't want to talk about myself anymore. Like, let me ask you about yourself instead. Mm-hmm. You've said you feel like you've made it. What's left for somebody who feels like they've made it? Longevity. So that's the motivating thing now? I, th- I think for me, the thing that I have always thought about with music is that it's such an amazing thing to, to be able to, to, like, do it and, like, do this. And, like, hmm. my whole focus can be, I'm going to write a song and I'm going to go on tour and I'm going to have an interview and do all these cool things. I never imagined it ever in my life as, like, what was going to happen. Like, even saying it now feels weird, like, seven years later or whatever you, we want to call it. But um, the the coolest thing for me would be able to be able to do it on my own terms until I say, uh, let me take a break, start a family, or do whatever that next challenge is. So I feel like that's a that's a huge goal, to be able to have it all be on your own terms and you decide your career, because I think sometimes in creative fields other people sort of decide it for you totally. often. That's a pretty cool goal. Yeah. And I, I look at, I looked at a lot of other bands that I feel like have done things for like 20 years now and they still will go on, on tour every summer and you're like, man, these dudes are like 45 rocking out super hard and have like these passionate fans and like make a good living and have the best time. And like that's something that I think you don't have to be a uh, like a superstar necessarily or whatever that metric is to be super fulfilled. Ton of ups and downs. Journey's been going on for quite some time. Have you ever taken a moment to look back? And when you look back, do you regret anything? Um, I don't. I don't think I really have any regrets. And I'm not even that that person who is like, I don't live life without regrets. Because like, <laughs> no I'm regrets. sure there'd be things to like regret if I like f-ed up super hard. But um, no, I've I've tried to take all these things really with a a mindset of like being grateful and like that's how most of my like like motivations are like the reason why I try to like interact with fans the way I do and stuff is just because I never want to get to the place where I feel like this thing that was once important to me to do is no longer important because I'm above it or it's not worth my time and that. In the year 2019 do we feel like a diss track has any power or sway? To do a diss track? Yeah, would we do it again? Um, if there was someone like worthwhile to diss, no, I don't know. Um, it's I I don't I don't know if it, I think it it's a it, it can give you a lot of attention, for sure. But I don't I don't know that I would find myself getting involved in, in anything like that. You named the diss track after a baseball player. Which which diss track Nolan are we talking Ryan. about? Oh, okay, that one. Why yeah. a baseball player? What is that connection? I don't remember. I don't remember, Shut like, up. what... I don't know. I don't remember the motivation for that at the time. I really don't. <laughs> this is a pretty intense diss track. I, well... I listened I, to it. You listened to it? 
It's pretty old. But um, <laughs> it is. Yeah, but I like to do, if I'm going to do something, I like to try to do it well. <laughs> I do respect You know? I don't want to half-ass it. So no regrets yeah. attached to this diss track. Because, dude, there's some big people in there. Riff Raff. I get it. Well, none of those were none of those were even meant to, like, turn into, like, something that would be responded to, to be honest. But that's life. <laughs> it. <laughs> I don't know, man. Is it cool when they when they do respond to it? No. No. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> I, I think I have a much more like whatever attitude now. I probably then was much more like, oh no, is this like a, yeah. is this a thing? You know. But I don't know. I find uh what I did found my biggest takeaway from that actually it isn't really even about like uh, B for anything like that. It's that the I grew up like the type of rap and stuff that I liked and listened to, that was super normal. Like I remember yeah. um, just like Nas and Jay-Z and like all these like, like uh, L Cool J and what's his name? Cannabis. Um, I just remember all these beefs being super like, oh yeah, you just beef and hip hop. And what I learned after engaging in some of that stuff was a lot of the fans that I had or are in the periphery of like what I do don't have that background and and knowledge of like oh this is just part of hip hop culture or like this stuff happens so it 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 was uh interpreted way differently than I imagined in that way where they're like why would you say this about someone it's like it's not that serious <laughs> yeah. like it really wasn't meant to be that serious like this is just hip hop but at a certain point you can't like teach someone that you sound like a you're like a preaching person you know are we creating hip hop today is whatever USA a hip hop album? That's a good question. It it definitely is, and it's also a pop album. I think it's both. I think it's actually. I think I've always done both to a certain extent. Like, not not to say that I've like made my own sound or something. I'm not going to be so bold as to say that. But I think that like my a lot of my records have a certain feel to them, and I do mix those genres in a certain way, and. I've always tried to stay pretty true to that. So I don't think it's more hip hop or less hip hop than All American is. But it is an extension, right? But it's an extension of it for sure. Yeah. 60 seconds. Come around. I don't know why. Hell of a time. Great records on this album. Thanks for listening, man. Totally deserves your ear. What do you listen to it? It's a pretty short album, isn't it? Yeah. Why is that? Strategic. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, strategic makes it seem like it was. Uh, planned out and super thoughtful but i would say i think people's attention spans are yep. a little bit less like i was in a sense i was modeling it after all american which is eight tracks long and i thought you know what if a lot of people put out albums nowadays that are like 22 songs and there's things that could be like cut from it mm -hmm. like you could probably let go of some of those records and make it like a crazy shorter condensed project so i came into this saying let me make an album that actually might slightly disappoint fans, like certain big fans in length, like the ones who just want everything you've ever done. But hopefully because it's nine songs, each of those songs is going to get a better chance at being heard. And there's a better chance that like someone who's maybe a casual fan will actually make it through the whole record because it's not an hour long. What are the biggest dif What's the biggest difference between your records that you're putting out today compared to All-American? Um... I mean, biggest biggest difference is 
process and and who well like just I I think I I didn't even know what I was doing back then. I was just getting lucky essentially and being like, "Oh, cuz I I before that I had just been making sampled beats and and like rapping over them. Like that was the first time on All American that I ever did original production where I was like, "Oh, let's not get sued." Oh, wow. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> um so I was just I was just figuring things out. So now I'm just like someone who's hopefully figured a little bit more out from that time. And, and you know, I'm a, a different person than I was at like 23, but also the same person emotionally stunted at 23, you know, Fascinating. such is life. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm telling you, whatever USA, whatever comma USA. What a and I talk in this interview. Did, Dan's always the one who's got like the fiery questions. Well, so let's talk ask, some shit. We were talking about regrets. Do you regret naming yourself after Woody Allen? Oh my God. Stuff. Yeah. I mean, no, <laughs> no, in the sense that like, I don't think people even put that two together unless you're like over 35 nowadays. But like, yeah, I just don't think he's a good person. Let me, <laughs> let me put that on the record. Probably not like the smartest decision ever, but um, what am I going to do? Change my name to... Actually, I actually had backup names just in case. <laughs> what oh, were the backup they? names? Like, the, like before before I settled on Hoodie Allen. Yeah. Oh, they're so bad. G- they? Give us a couple. No, I shouldn't have even said that. They're like so bad. They're so <laughs> stupid. I can't even remember. I was trying to do that like thing where you take you take the name and you flip it. So I think the other other one I was oh my god, <laughs> I, I was trying to do one for like Sandy Koufax, another famous Jew, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like something like. Like Randy Flow Tracks or something like oh, that. Oh, that's pretty good. That's like an X. So bad. Good? Yeah, I like it's, that. It's Randy Flow Tracks. It's not good. And if you want it, I'll sell it to you. <laughs> so yeah, take it. I don't know if I have that deep of a want for yeah, it. Yeah. You have a lyric. I, it must be from like eight, nine years ago, talking about like me and my friends talk about rappers that we hate. Do you remember that line? No. It's a real old one. I remember hearing it a few days ago. And I was listening to your stuff. You don't remember that? What? Uh... I forget what album it's on, but you mentioned like. Something about talking about rappers that you hate. Okay. I'm trying to think. Yeah. What are some rappers that you hate? (laughs) What are some rappers that I hate currently? Wow. I don't know if I hate anybody, dude. Liar. No, sincerely. Like even someone who I I might think like, or I might not get, or I might think like, oh, that person may have done bad things in their personal life. Like, (laughs) I don't know. That like, I, I don't, I don't think I. How many rappers are you aware of their personal lives? Just the ones that are like super public, like ones who have like went to jail for like, like assaulting people or women or anything like that. Yeah. None that are close to you that you've seen from the inside. Am I forgetting someone who's like a person that no. is close to me? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I'm trying to think. Uh, Max. No, I'm just kidding. Not Max. Like let me just Max. throw like let me just throw like a good friend. Oh, Bryce Vine. Like that dude's terrible. Like He's no, yeah. I, I I don't think I try to keep uh, myself surrounded with with people who I feel like have similar mentality and, and values to me, especially with music. Cause it's hard. Cause I think a lot of musicians are, um, can like change over time. I'm sure you've met people who are different at one point, And mm-hmm. then like later you're like, that's the same person that felt a little bit different. Okay. Yeah. I got another question. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> Woody Allen. No, sorry. How do you feel about people in the rap community calling you corny? People are saying that. <laughs> Are they? Are you offended or happy? Oh, I don't know. I'm just teasing. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm honestly, I'm just like who I am. 
like I think I'm pretty real actually in terms of things you know what I mean like I don't have anything like rehearsed or you're just yourself I'm really just like like I'll put my foot in my mouth and say some like because I'm just gonna say what it is but also I think um if someone doesn't feel that way like musically like dude I totally get it like my hip-hop definitely leans way more to the pop side you could like my life experience is way different than that of Kendrick Lamar or J. Cole, two artists that I love. So, yeah, there's going to be tons of things where it's like, I'm not for you. But if you knew me as a person, you probably might even like me. But, like, that's not what we're talking about. My music's not for you. That's cool. Next. Didn't you tour with Kendrick? No, but I've, I've opened for him once. That's what I, yeah, so you, yeah, so you did do a show with him. I opened for him at Virginia Tech in oh, either either late 2012 or early 2013. And all I can tell you is we both had a terrible show. <laughs> like, like I nearly got booed, but they did not f- him either. And it was the weirdest thing because it was like pre that f- like really going for him. And yeah, I think every rapper has this story. Like there's I, I heard about this like with Drake also where performed at like some college before So Far Gone or whatever. And people were like, ah, f- this guy. And then the minute that like it hits and it's it's the and then everyone loves it so what do fans know man they're stupid (laughs) just kidding kind of hoodie allen yeah whatever you say give you your ear it's a good record top to bottom thanks great songs appreciate Appreciate you deeply hey thank you for having me guys i appreciate it this podcast is part of the zach sang show podcast network